All right, we're going. Are we on? We're on. Is it working? It's working. Finally, Woo! my Mac has submitted to my leadership. Good. And is doing what I tell it to do. Leadership. See, that's the thing with Macs. I think, you know, they think they're better than everyone else, wow. so they just do what they don't, want. Don't get him started, folks. <laughs> I'm telling you, this this guy, he loves his Mac, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love. No, see, the funny thing is most people that use a Mac... Like, they genuinely are in love with their like Mac. Like, they just slobber all over it. Like, they sleep with it at night. They snuggle up with it on the couch, right? But but David, on the other hand, he, he just uses his Mac, like, out of necessity, you They're know? Mac Mormons, you know, they go out. That's what Jeez. we have a lot of around here. They they, they, they Mac, try and Mac Mormonize everyone. They walk around with their oh. name tags on their shirts and say, Hi, Hi, I'm here to get you to buy a Mac. I'm a Mac. And well, I'm, I'm here to do just the opposite. I'm wow. here to get you to buy a PC. Wow. You heard it first here, yes. folks. David Linder is... Uh... I actually just wrote a post about this on our blog. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, because I, I'm i just so unhappy. You know, I, th- I think I saw I saw the title. I didn't actually read the article, yeah. though. It's like um, the, the debate the, or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the great the, debate. The Mac, yeah, the great debate. And you, you said, no, it's not hymns versus mm-hmm. contemporary songs. It's nope. Macs versus PCs. You got to yeah. admit, though. The, so um, in my book, PC is way better. Okay. Well, I, I've always been a PC user. And so, I, you know, when, when I have my friends who are Mac guys and they talk about how great Macs are and how horrible everything else is, I don't really care that much. But the fact that you actually use a Mac and hate it is what cracked. Our youth pastor, Phil Ball, he avid, avid right, Mac yeah. user. He, yeah. you know, he swears by them and thinks everything else. You can tell him I'm praying for his junk. soul. Okay, I <laughs> see. He says the same thing though. He he always <laughs> says like in our staff meetings, "I'm praying for you guys. One of these days, you'll get converted." Um, so <sighs> well, maybe if I get another Mac, and it ends up being a lot better machine, I'll be I'll feel a lot differently. So can but, I ask what what happens that causes such great consternation? Are you sure you want to get into this? Well, maybe I don't. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> it crashes all the time for one. I thought okay. I thought Macs weren't supposed to yeah, crash. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But right. apparently that's not the case. Maybe maybe you got a defective one. Yeah. So um so first of all, it's like a furnace. Puts out about fifteen thousand BTUs. It, it actually is really yeah. warm. For for those of you who are listening, um, the way that David and I we sit in the room, he sits behind his desk. I sit on his on his couch, and um, the the fan from his PC is, is like about you know three and a half feet away from me. Uh, so so I actually get to feel the hot air blowing out all during our recording. Well, and the, and you don't hear it when it's working hard. So if I'm working on a graphic file or something, or if I'm on a video, then like the graphic card, the fan will just go on it gets up to about 60 or 70 decibels and then sound i'm seriously it sounds like it's going to take off and then at that point it's, it really starts to cook in here the air comes on the the temperature drums five or six degrees so because of that it never cools down in here unless i can get it to go to sleep here's the other issue i have Okay. When I try to get my computer to go to sleep at night, when I come in the next morning, it's crashed. It's frozen. It's locked up. I can't get back into it. I just get the little pinwheel that spins for years. What if, what if you just shut your computer down at night? Well, if I shut my computer down at night, then I have to make sure I'm completely done with everything. I'm not, you know, because I'll leave projects open that I still need to work on. Oh, you're and one so, of those guys. Yeah, so then when I come back in and I see the projects are still there, then I know 
that you have oh, to I do. Oh, I need it. to finish this okay. up, right? You know, and so, but if I close it, then I have to like make a note somewhere, well, see, finish so maybe, this or that. Maybe there's your problem, right? Because me, I just shut down my computer when I go home. Yeah, but I should be able to put my computer to sleep and wake <laughs> and, it up. And wake up the next day. My yeah. PC wakes up. <laughs> That's my funny. Mac does not wake up. Well, if you would like to send hate mail, please send so to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Yeah, you can bring it on. Bring on all the Vista trash talk. That's fine. So that's what I was going to say. Regardless of your take on Macs versus PC, you got to admit, Macintosh has pretty hilarious advertising. Their their marketing department, their PR, whatever, whoever is the genius behind the Mac versus PC. Oh, it's no genius. It's just the truth of how they actually feel. Yeah. They're just all they're just putting it in a commercial. They actually feel that way about PC users. They think that anyone who uses a PC is, you know, a you know scum basically. Scum. If you use a PC, then you do you not deserve to earth. talk to anyone who uses a Mac. Until you start using a Mac, don't even think about talking to any of the Mac users. Because that's wow. how they actually feel. So they're not, you know, they're not geniuses. They're just portraying the true Mac uh, identity to the world. Oh, wow, David! I'm so, really sorry. I opened this can of worms up. <laughs> I goodness. asked if you were sure. So yeah, so is this a worship podcast or a tech podcast? Hey, because we're worship pastors, we have to deal with tech. Yeah, I guess that that is that's part of it's tech. relevant. That's that's part of uh, doing living in this age. You know, I was at the um, uh, the annual CB Northwest conference. Um, I, I go to Laurelwood Baptist Church. Laurelwood Baptist is part of the uh, Northwest Association of Conservative Baptist Churches in America. Um, you know, we're, we're not a denomination. We're an association. And I guess there actually is a difference. Um, but regardless, so every year we have our annual meetings, which actually, they're actually really cool. Uh, they used to be like, you know, it used to be like an like a real annual business meeting where you come and it's like all business. It's like ninety percent business and ten percent like uh, enrichment stuff. This year, however, or not this year, a few years ago, they made a shift to actually start instead of instead of like just doing all business. It's actually it's actually cool. They bring in guest speakers. They bring in like top notch uh, people. Um, they have like a banquet. They have it's really neat. So you know, you bring your wife to it. You have a good time. And then at the end, on the last day, they do all the business stuff. So this year, I was at the annual meetings uh, in Sun River, Oregon, uh, which is a really nice place. It's a cool place. Yeah, it's a really... We had our honeymoon there. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Very cool. Look at that. I'm learning new stuff. So Sun River, beautiful place. Um, I, I actually drove there. Uh, the meetings were from March 8th to March 11th, and... Um, it, it snowed almost the entire time we were there, um, but it, it was actually really nice. Um, uh, Sun River just has a really kind of beautiful desert vibe to it, but but yet it still has a lot of the uh, uh, green kind of organic growth to it's it. It's very private. It is, and and almost kind of exclusive. Yeah, you know? all very exclusive. Like it, it's 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 uh, own. It has its own com- community mm-hmm. vibe to it, you know, and you can go to like the Sun River Mall. Um, it's really neat. Anyway, so we are there. Why, why am I saying all this? Okay, so here's the point. <laughs> I, I'm actually making a point here. Um, during the enrichment conference, the annual conference, um, they had these breakout workshops you could go to. And I went to the workshop on um, uh, recontextualizing for your church. 
and uh, the speaker Scott Reevery, uh, Reevery. I don't know how to say his last name. He's a he's the pastor at um, some church somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I, I <laughs> just getting better. Sorry, <laughs> this guy at this oh, one place talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So Scott is talking on recontextualization. And, and basically, you know, how, how to take a church that perhaps is in transition or is trying to recontextualize the way that it does ministry. And and the whole point I'm making is that Scott was saying, you know what, pastors, you guys can't be afraid of technology. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, you know, he was using PowerPoints for his message. You can't be afraid of Facebook. Right, I know. Which yeah. okay, so that's, he brought it up, didn't he? I, that, no, no, he actually, yeah, no. So, <laughs> I'm getting all flustered here because we talked about this a couple podcasts ago about Facebook and, and my my kind of um you know um uh, my feelings towards Facebook and how I'm not a big fan. And yeah, so he talks about it and he talks about how his church actually has a church Facebook profile yep. and and how and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what David <laughs> talked about, and and I, I'm like, do not. Fear Facebook, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, great! Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not as like modern, and maybe I'm not as good as recontextualization as There's I thought." There's a fear it was. of Facebook by a lot of pastors, though. Yeah, and and I can understand it, I guess. But well, Scott was going so far as to say, "Don't be afraid of PowerPoint." You know. Um, like like there's there's pastors who you know they've been in the ministry 20 30 years that's the way they've always done it you know they uh they they have their you know exhaustive niv concordance you know and scott was like look bible works you know logos 2.0 i mean there's all these wonderful online tools mm-hmm. all these wonderful computer resources um he says you know we as pastors cannot be afraid you know, and then he went on to talk about how, you know, when, when our when our culture changes, when our society changes, you know, if we if we stay that same, if we don't recontextualize, like we die, you know, literally. Well, I, Oz Guinness used to, or he's, I can't remember the exact quote, but he was talking about this idea, how the church used to be what shaped culture. Yeah. And now, you know, and I think the quote goes something like this, um, like, never has the church tried harder to be relevant and never has the church been more irrelevant wow. than it is today. Ouch. Yeah, and I think there's some truth in that. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of a lot of pastors and apparently myself, um, you know, have a problem with Facebook and whatever else. But Scott used this great this great illustration. Um, the church he goes to, which again I can't even remember. I don't even know how to say his last name. I don't remember what church he goes to. Um, I think it's in the Portland area though, because he was joking with me uh, about the snow that we had. Anyway, sorry, because I, I talked I talk to him after one of the the messages. Um, so did you tell him about our podcast? I didn't. I know. I should I should have done more promotion. Maybe I'll email him. You need to get a booth there next year. Yeah, they they Western Seminary was there. Uh, some other booths were there. Sorry. So here's what I'm trying to say. Um, he he goes to a church somewhere around here, Oregon City. Maybe that's it. Oregon City, Gladstone, Gladstone First Baptist. I think that's it. Anyway, there Gladstone that area is like a really old historic area, and their church has been around since like 1902 or something. Our Wesleyan camp was there. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. I'm learning lots of new stuff today. So he is. Um, the pastor there now and uh a year ago some some um historian wrote a book on the city of gladstone and um 
since the church, Glasson First Baptist, I think this is it. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Uh, that church has been around forever. So the historian who was writing the book came to Scott and said, we want to do some, you know, we want to dig through your files. We want to dig through, you know, your church history so we can put it in this book. Scott brings the book uh, to the session and and, and he, he shows these pictures from 1908 or 1909 um, where uh, Gladstone Baptist had a, a Sunday school raffle and... Um, they were giving away as the main prize uh, a, a mule, a donkey. And that was the main prize. That, that was first place for the <laughs> Sunday school raffle. <laughs> and, and the whole point was, you know, in 1909, that was an incredible first place prize. It was relevant. Um, Gladstone was a rural area with farmers and people who needed to get work done. And having a donkey to pull your stuff was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it, it, it engaged the culture. It got people excited about the church. It made people want to come out. He said, you know, if you were to give a donkey away today, like <laughs> it totally misses the context. So you got to recontextualize. You get a lot of, you get a lot of attention for well, giving yeah, you away. Yeah, you get attention. But you'd be like, like a crazy person. Yeah. Like, Who's that wacko? At Laurelwood, you know. So, so are you going to join Facebook now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let me think about it, all right? Give me give me some time. Which, by the way, you know, they just unveiled the new Facebook. Oh, brother. Whatever they call it. I don't know. I do not like it. Facebook 2.0? Well, no. It's like a new, it's just new interface, I guess. You know, user interface. And I'm just, a lot of people, not a fan. Not a fan. I don't know why. It just, it doesn't look as simple as it used to maybe mm. it's that it's that clean kind of yeah. google look that everyone likes yeah. right yeah so anyway what are we talking about uh, apparently this i don't know because <laughs> we, we've spent like what like 20 minutes now 14 <laughs> okay 14 it's not too bad we're we're halfway through um yeah you know we were going to talk about that other thing but maybe maybe this topic of recontextualization might be important because i mean i know we talked about two episodes ago with the the facebook and you know using different mediums to communicate um but i I guess going to that conference in sun river the the cb northwest annual conference uh it really got me thinking about some of this stuff and yeah there's there's definitely lots of stuff to think about in this in this area and and, you know like laurelwood isn't that old we're um i think we're about 35 years old and gateways i mean gateway comparatively speaking is like practically brand new you guys are what 10 years old or something oh no um oh really yeah we're 50 oh whoops five ish what yeah i thought i thought that maybe it's because you have a new building (laughs) New building and basically a big church turnaround in the last 15 years. Right. Cause it, but it, the church has actually been around for a long time. Used to be... So when did, when did Bob come here? Because I thought, I thought that's when... 15 years ago. Okay. I thought that's when it started, no. but it's been around before Bob. Yeah. The church was has been around for years and years. I mean, just go to the old building and you can tell that okay. it's been around for a long time. <laughs> Walk through the basement and smell the smell of the old building and yes. you know that it's been here for a while. That wonderful, wretched smell. Yeah. So... um no, th- I think there are a lot of things that you that you have to be careful about when you're thinking about recontextualizing, and sp- especially when you're thinking about getting into technology stuff. There's there are definitely some things you need to be careful of. For one, you know your website, your church's website, or worship. You know we have a worship blog for our worship people here at Gateway, 
And, you know, it's not as important for internal, but, you know, the face that you're putting out to the people in the community, right? which there are a lot of good resources out there. And I'll, I'll try and remember to link to them. But um, it's kind of, it's, it's really become your, your first impression to a lot of people who are looking for a church. It's not, it's not your building. It's not the people anymore. It's your website. Because that's, you know, probably, I don't know, I don't really know the statistics these guys do, but I would say a, a big majority of people who are looking for a church start online and then go and check out the churches. You know, it used to be that they would go through the yellow pages and yeah. and find the churches or that they thought they the, looked. The and then newspaper ads yeah. or whatever. And then they go to the church. And so their first impression is of the actual church, but now their first impression comes before they even get to your building, it's on your website. Yeah, but at the same time, your website, you know, it has to. I think it's very important that you make your website reflect who you are as a church. For instance, um, uh, we were talking about this when we were doing our new website. You don't want your website to be something that's so, you know, way out there in contemporary land if you're not there. Yeah, and, and then people come here and they're like severely disappointed. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, and and the, that doesn't mean down. it has to be outdated. You can still have a very you know current design and current look to it, but it needs to needs to match the, kind of the values and and your body and not be way out there. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you're if you're kind of a mixed generational kind of a church, right? You wouldn't want to have this you know flash flash designed site. The program flash right flash player yeah and so that when people come you know and stuff starts popping and flying at them the through the way. screen and I'm like scared. Yeah, yeah and then they come to the church and like oh that's not exactly what i was expecting in any way shape or form well it's interesting you, you say that because we've actually at laurelwood trying to you know rethink our website i mean we we've just been using wordpress you know which is the the program that um that you and I use for, for our blog stuff mm-hmm. and, and it works, but man, um, you know, it, it's hard to get terribly interactive with, um, with WordPress in terms of having, you know, like nice, um, although, you know, I looked at, I looked at gateway site and you guys are using WordPress for oh, yeah. it mm-hmm. and it actually looks like way better than ours. Yeah. It's not about WordPress. WordPress is not the problem when, when, uh, the problem is us, right? Well, it's it's finding you know because there are a lot of templates out there. You know, you can get really nice, cool themes. I guess is what you would call them, WordPress themes, for like twenty five bucks. And and that's and I I really highly recommend WordPress if whether it's for your church or for a worship website you want to do for your church. That's what I use for everything because it's it's easy and there's a ton of support out there wordpress the actual wordpress uh blogging software is free mm. and so and all the updates are free and there are a ton of people out there writing plugins for them that are free and they all they all come supported for free it's a good resource yeah and so and then well and, we seem to be having a lot of trouble with our website and and you know our office person is convinced that it's because wordpress is. Yeah, I'm sure that that's probably not your problem. So what? So what's our problem? Well, what problems are you having? Well, I don't know. It just it, it's not it's not as cool as we want it to be. Well, then you know, then you need to do some shopping and find some themes. Which is for everyone who's listening, there are all you have to do is go type in WordPress themes in your Google search bar, and you'll get a ton of sites that will bring back really cool, well designed 
themes for WordPress, and there are some really good ones out there. And it's easy. That's why I, that's one of the reasons why I recommend it is because it's easy. You upload it, you click, you know, click yes, I want to use this theme, and then you're good. And then you're you've got a whole new look for your website. Wow. Well, that makes it sound easy, but it is easy. But for some reason, it seems to be more difficult for us at Laurelwood. I don't know why. Maybe we need to recontextualize. Um. Well, I think one of the there are so many there are so many benefits to technology that you know it's easier to you know one of the things that's nice about WordPress is that you can kind of build some community online. You know, if you use the blog part of it, which is what it's designed for, then you can get people responding to posts. You can get church members. You you can let them write write posts and write articles about what the sermon was about. One of the, th- you know, we've got some goals right now that we're, we're kind of working on as a church, which is uh, Bible reading, more fellowship time and um, prayer. Mm. And so we're going to get some people who are going to write kind of almost a journal or talk about some of the stuff that they're reading in the Bible and then publicize that so people can get on there and discuss everybody because everybody's doing the same reading plan or a lot of the people are doing the same reading plan so people can get on there discuss and reflect on the exact same passage and and you know like a prayer request kind of a blog too and so it's it's a really and then you can, and then we're going to do some things where we're sharing you know if people have businesses in the church and they want to you know let other people hey I do this and if you need this, then give me a call or, you know, oh, just kind of it's more like, of a community. Yeah. Developing is sort of an online community, a resource where people can go and look and search huh. and find all this stuff. And so WordPress is actually a really good, a really good thing for churches to use to, to run. And it's easy to use. Like once you, the back side of it, the administrative side of it is easy to use and figure out. Whereas if you go to something else. It's a lot more difficult. Oh yeah. Hmm. I mean, you're talking coding stuff that that people have to go to school for. (laughs) Which, But you can still do some of that on WordPress. Like through WordPress, you can edit some of the code and stuff too. So if you do like it, then you still can do it. So WordPress is a really powerful deal. Well, man, I should have you talk to our office manager because, you know, we're looking at spending whatever, like a couple thousand dollars on, you know, new web, web development and yeah, we we looked at that too, but we didn't have a lot of money at the time and still don't for <laughs> still, one. Yes, yeah, st- still don't, exactly. And so well, our, our, so we needed a cost-effective solution. Well, that's and, exactly it. You know, we, we had our annual business meeting uh, yesterday at church, and um, yeah, the 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 two or $3,000 that we had budgeted for that kind of got, got axed, you know. So, well, maybe, maybe I'll... Um, I'll have our office manager call you or something, you know, and, and you can like give the the spiel. Yeah, and if anyone out there that's listening would like to talk to me, I'd be happy to Boom. share my WordPress knowledge. So, Community in action, folks. Yeah. This but, is what it means to be. Hey, yeah. we never did our thing. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, helping to facilitate serving as a catalyst, serving as a catalyst to facilitate, to facilitate better worship. worship in the local church. My name's David. And I'm Kevin. (laughs) And you've been listening to (laughs) Worship We're 23 minutes in. (laughs) Almost 24. You guys are just now... Yeah, I think we just broke a broadcasting rule. Whoops. Oh, well. We we broke the third wall. Hopefully people know who we are by now. Yeah. But if you're new, 
Sorry. We apologize. Whoops. Please forgive us. Yeah. So going back to recontextualization, um, I love that word. Um, so Scott, Scott Reverly or Reverly or Gladstone First Baptist, whatever. Um, it, one of the things that, that he said, and it kind of it kind of has to do with with um, this concept of web design that we were talking about, but it's that idea you were just sharing, David, where you you, you want to put out the the right message, you know. And yeah, if your if your website is is dull and boring and just really basic, whatever, or conversely, if it's all flashy and so what Scott was saying was when when his uh, church was built in 1902 or whatever, um, you know, the uh, a few years later, the local high school was built right across the street, um, you know, Gladstone High School, and um, just last year, Gladstone did a complete. Glasson High School did a complete renovation. Uh, they completely redid their. They essentially they tore the building down and rebuilt it. You know, and so now there's this beautiful looking high school, fresh landscape. You know, everything's up to code. Nice new parking in the school, and right across the street, dun, dun, dun. you got Glasson, which, which is you know a building that's ninety. It's like ninety five years old. You know, and. And so Scott's been trying to encourage his congregation saying, you know, what what are we saying to our community? Um, what are we saying to people who come to our church when when they, they drive up and they see this wonderful high school and they see all these businesses that have developed around uh, Glassman First Baptist? You have all these new things, new development, and then you have our, our building and it looks old, and it is old, and, and so they're trying to really it smells old. It smells old, <laughs> yeah. So they're really trying to think, and, and obviously, it ta- it, we're talking big money, you know. Yeah. It, it's not cheap to do that, but how important is it? And if this church is going to strategically think about the culture and how it's changing, then we need to we need to start planning for this. Yeah, and it's something that you know, people who have been going to the church for a long time don't think about anymore right because it's their church and you know yeah you know especially if you grew up at the church right i can remember you know i can remember going through this the church i grew up at really old church went off to college was in a traveling music group went to a bunch of different churches saw some really nice churches then i come home yeah for break after that i'm like i notice everything about our church that's really lame you know what i mean (laughs) totally and so so i had a new a new context a new way of looking at what churches are like in other parts of the country and all of a sudden our church doesn't look as cool as i thought it used to be you know it's just an old church now and so and they were actually working on it but but you have to you know thinking in terms of visitors and you know kind of the one of the great commission of the church is, you know, going into the world, making disciples, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're not thinking in terms of those outside people who are coming in and looking at our church and what they're thinking, we're only thinking, oh, it's okay for us, then I think we make a big mistake. Right. Same thing with music. You know, that's, we don't want to, we don't want to have such a, 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 a huge, vast divide between the style of music that a non-Christian might be listening to in their car and then the music that they hear in the church that they can't connect in any way. Oh. It, even it doesn't. Even if if they're listening to thrash, we're obviously not going to do thrash in our church. Screamo. But if we, if they go from thrash to liturgical, that's a much bigger step than it is from thrash to 
contemporary, you know, doing a Steve Fee song or U2 with a U2 kind of a sound or vibe right, to it, right. then that's not as bit, that's not as far removed. They don't have to come as far when they're hearing that stuff. And same thing with the, with the church building. A lot of the people, you know, especially non-Christians, one of their values, is, you know, make a lot of money and live in really nice houses and buy really nice stuff. <laughs> and they work at really nice buildings and they go to brand new grocery stores and brand new buildings and everything is brand new. And yeah. if they come to a church that's 75 or a hundred years old and it hasn't been touched in 60 or 70 years and it still looks like it did, you know, 60 or 70 years ago, that, that divide is huge. Right. And, and understand, you know, um, you know, what Scott was sharing at the, at the, um, the conference this last week and, and what we're talking about, understand, you know, we're not advocating change for change sake. Um, you know, I think you always need to be intentional and purposeful about what you're doing and why you're doing it. But when you understand the context, right, you understand that we are living in a different context than than perhaps when the church was built, you know, 100 years ago. And knowing that context and being being almost missional in your mindset and saying, all right, we need to really think about what what image, you know, this puts to the community, what we're trying to say with our website, what we're doing with our music, even like you were just sharing, David. Well, and... Yeah, missional is a very good word to 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 adopt the mindset of trying to think like missionaries and what do they do when they go into a new culture before they start ministering they they learn the culture and they, they understand it yeah they, yeah here you know we've the the culture has progressed so fast and left so many churches in the dust that there are so many churches now that have no clue what culture is like. And you can almost, you know, you, I've been to a lot of the churches, you can almost get a sense of when you walk into there, like they are just, they are huddled in a circle with their backs to the world, just trying to protect what they know. It was familiar. Instead of turning around and facing out and trying to embrace what's around them and still have some hope of reaching, you know, one, one more lost person. And so it's, it's become, it's a really important thing to not just, to not just let your church become a stagnant, um, never changing organization. You know, I, I think especially in terms of worship ministries, our worship ministries need to, even if it's, you know, whatever the step is, it needs to be a step. If it's, you know, like we were talking before, I'm kind of going retro with some of our Right. With some of our worship, but choir. One of the reasons I'm doing that is because um, it's fresh right now for our people, and so we've been doing contemporary music for years. And for a lot of years before I got here, they were doing this contemporary, basically one genre, one sound, for years and years. Where when we've done it, it's been received so well that it's almost like there's a big hunger for a, a change hmm. with our people for something different. And Interesting. So, and so, you know, when, when we do those songs, they applaud, you know, it's, which is different from normal. And so, so being in tune with, with, with your people, with what's going yeah, on. So in a way, man, like you're, you're kind of recontextualizing, but, but in a different, like a, a little different mm-hmm. way. Um, but regardless, I think it's important for, for all of us, all of our churches to, to think about what, what we're doing, the, the context we're doing in and the culture that we're surrounded by. So, yeah. Well, that's it for this edition of Worship Ministry Catalyst. 
Thanks for listening. We guys. didn't talk that much about worship, but no, we, we it's, got there. it's all related. Yeah, technology yeah. and recontextualization, it, it's all part of it. Yes. So <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us at Worship Ministry Catalyst, you can do so by going to www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can email us, David at worshipministrycatalyst.com or Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can always join our social network, Facebook, but better. <laughs> WorshipMinistryCatalyst.ning.com. .ning, yeah. It, it's, it's the new Facebook. It's better than Facebook. It's the better Facebook. Yeah, we're cooler than Facebook. Sure we are. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for listening, and we hope to talk to you again soon. See you later. <laughs>